0: Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate. Hi, this is Mike Passanate, and welcome back to the Hospital Finance Podcast. Today is a special episode from HFMA's annual meeting 2018 here in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I am joined by several people from our team here at Bessler. To my left is Delisha Pierce, who is the Director of Reimbursement Services at the firm. I'm also joined by Jonathan Bessler, who is our President and CEO, and to my right, which you can't see, um, is Laura Legg, who is our Solutions Strategy Director. She's very much involved in revenue integrity. So we're going to get... um, perspective on a few different issues, things that we've heard at the conference, things that we've seen on the exhibit floor, and try to give you some uh, some senses to uh, what some of the themes and topics are and how they tie in to the future of what we're all doing in healthcare finance. So everyone here, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mike. Welcome. Glad to be Thank here. You. So we were chatting just before we, we hit the record button here on the podcast about some of the themes that jumped out really um, in the opening keynote. And um, they involve things like uh, more analytics, which kind of surprised me, um, for for the um, the finance suite because it feels like we have so much uh, already available to us. But uh, I want to talk about that a little bit more. Uh, consumerism uh, in healthcare, and certainly as part of the revenue cycle. Uh, and then you know uh, what we've seen in some of the sessions are are things that maybe never made their appearance here at, at an annual conference before. I'm not sure, but I, I saw things like blockchain and artificial intelligence. And so uh, we're broaching topics that. Uh, Maybe out of the comfort zone of, of a lot of people, and, and may seem futuristic, but they're probably not that far off. So let's start talking a little bit about um, those themes, um, and let's let's why don't we start off with consumerism? So, John, John, you've... sure. Well, I think it's an ine- in, inevitable um, reality
1: of the future of what we have here, uh, facing our healthcare providers, facing our our individuals and, and consumers, family and friends. Um, you know, I, I could think of. Uh, years ago, taking my kids to the doctor and, and going to the doctor myself and, and waiting for information uh, post-visit. And now, uh, we've got solutions that are out in the market that are um, at the tip of your fingers. And I think the next phase of that is uh, getting that data not only into the hands of consumers more consistently, um, but all of the education, and you, know, you refer to the term analytics, but when I think of analytics, I think of data that is useful, and that's really the definition of, of how I look at it. Uh, so more analytics might, might be you know, a ubiquitous term that people use, but I don't know if really the, the phrase should be the right analytics or the right data um, at the right time to really meet that consumer's needs um, and help patients take better care of themselves, because ultimately you know, in, in the healthcare environment, um, we need to get better and more proactive in helping consumers manage their their lifestyle uh, so we can start to reduce the costs which is you know obviously a consistent theme that we've heard over the years with all of our all of our clients all the providers uh, and certainly the government how do we how do we manage uh, you know the cost to care for for folks in the long term and i don't think we're too far off from really putting that data putting those analytics into the hands of of people that can actually make Decisions
0: you know, on their own behalf. Now it's, it's great, great points, and uh, you know what's interesting to me is we think about at least I think initially most of us think about consumerism in healthcare, about uh, more leaning towards the clinical experience. So uh, you know, how did it feel when I was treated by my physician? What it, what, what, what was that experience like that I feel satisfied? But um, here at a conference like this, it it actually extends more uh, and deeper into the. The overall experience with with the um, the provider in terms of um, how were you handled at registration? You know what what was your what was your uh, experience when you got to talking about things like the bill, right? <laughs> how did that make you feel? Um, and then you're going to have to deal with that maybe for weeks or months to come. So, Laura, Laura you were mentioning some experiences you had um, in, in your own personal life with with um, family member, and um, and certainly uh, some of that comes out. What are your what are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, for the first time, uh, my husband who has diabetes he went to see his doctor last week, and he came home two hours later, logged on, and got into his uh, record and was able to see the results of all of his tests and even the note written by his physician. He was very pleased about that because he's used to waiting a day, maybe even two days, to get any information. So that is really good for him.
1: Yeah. And that's an interesting point. So one of the sessions I went to on artificial intelligence spoke specifically about uh, diabetes management and how diabetics have to make hundreds of decisions throughout the day, not only for their intake and their care and, and all the... Uh, fortunately, I'm not diabetic, but I, I can imagine how um, how burdensome it, it is to, to make sure that you're doing the right thing at the right time to manage insulin levels and things like that. And the next phase of that, uh, which this firm talked about, was um, not only working with the, the doctors to, you know, um, to manage that, but then how do we put... Um, an app, or a reminder, or something onto uh, something ubiquitous as a as a cell phone or the Fitbit or whatever it might be, to make sure that that person is receiving those triggers real time to make that decision to take their insulin shot, to call the physician if uh, you know if something's going wrong. So it's it's the speed of that process that I think we're going to see a lot more. Um, increase of. I mean, I think it's wonderful that we can now uh, see patient records or see personal records on a, on a device or on a computer. Um, but even that, when you think about it, isn't as proactive as that buzzer
0: going off and saying, make this decision yeah. now to better manage your care, to better manage your health. So let's turn to analytics um, for a minute. And Delisha, I want to get your, your take on this because um, I I was actually I was a little bit taken back and maybe maybe uh, I'm just not as close to it as, as you are and you know coming from from working in the hospital finance um, suite but um, I, you know I, th- I think it was the opening um, opening uh, session um, by HFMA's president and he talked about this need or this desire of CFOs to have more analytics and and the reason I was taken back is the thought came to my mind like Geez, how much more? How much more information can you take in? You know, we have all these different um, software packages and products and, and spreadsheets and, and God knows what coming through. Um, what, you know, what else do you need as a CFO?
2: Well, you know, the one of the things is that the hospitals, just from an operation standpoint, need run real run time the, the last yeah. is. Is data to tell them who's in house, uh, what, um, who is going to be discharged, when they can be discharged, um, just key performance indicators that need to be readily available every day throughout the day, either by utilization review or by the medical records discharge um, units when they're discharging them, so that they know the beds are open. Not only that, just when you're when you're looking at your ER. You know, that throughput, how fast can you get the data at at your fingertips to get those patients um, through to either discharge or... um, discharge or admitting them to the floors and making sure that you have the availability to admit those patients because the faster you get them to the floor the sooner you can get the medicine that they need and the faster you can get them home where they really ultimately want to be and one of the things that y'all mentioned earlier about the getting your electronic records um the next day or the same day i use doc on demand all the time uh, and i they I'm using it on my phone. They're getting the data to the pharmacy to get my drug, to get the drugs out. But back to what you had originally asked me is that, like for S10, those daily indicator reports that we can we can deliver based off of the, the hospital's information that they're downloading help us make decisions on what we should do looking at how the S10 is going to be impacted um, when they file their Medicare cost report. Know, knowing where you're going to sit in the pool of everybody else as every Everybody's fighting for the same dollars. So the analytics are so important and they will drive everything in the future as it relates to healthcare, consumerism, and everything that is, is all encompassing of healthcare.
0: Do you think that um, hospitals are going to measure their financial performance a little bit differently going forward? And, and what I mean is um, they brought up the concept of um, ROI around, uh, well, I, I would call it. Population management, in a way, but it's probably not the right term. Um, but really, looking at um, the social determinants of health and what's w- making investments within your community um, that could help reduce readmissions or, uh, you know, really contribute to a, a, a healthier population that you're serving. Um, but, but you can't just write the check for that and walk away, right? You have to know <laughs> over time what that longitudinal data looks like, right? Yeah,
2: number one, you need historical data, and number two, you need real-time data to help monitor those patients and that population. And yes, I mean, if you can control the cost, you can get the patients healthier, and they're not having to be admitted to your hospital, that's going to actually control costs as well. The one thing that they are definitely moving to is line item costing from a decision support. You know, doing real-time analysis on new services that you're providing, making sure that if it doesn't meet the ROI for one of your, but you may have several hospitals, and all of them are providing this specific service, um, and, but they're not a center of excellence moving it getting it out of the system moving it to the one facility that has a center of excellence because the more you treat the lower you can get your cost mm-hmm. so that is one of the things that this data is going to give them the ability to do is real-time evaluation of clinical care how much it truly costs and and should you be doing that procedure or should you send that to one of your sister hospitals mm-hmm. who is a center of excellence for those types of services so that would give them real-time data to help from a clinical perspective
1: I think that that's an excellent point. And I think one thing that, uh, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, as, a, as an industry, uh, we haven't looked as deep into uh, partnerships within the community that might be outside of the hospital or outside of the system that might really open the door um, for some of those improved clinical outcomes. And, you know, I can think of uh, in the recent years, we've talked more about providers partnering with uh, FQHCs, Federally Qualified Health Centers, to right. help deliver care in the best and in some, in most cases, a lower cost modality um, to not only effectively take care of those patients but also start to drive costs out of out of the hospital that might be better suited, um, uh, certainly in a lower cost center. But it doesn't stop there. Um, you know, working with community leaders, working with you know, folks across the uh, across that network, whether they're internal to the hospital and health system or not, I don't think that we can continue to be or shy away from opportunities like that. I, I think the hospitals really need to be the leaders in their community and continue that that partnership and collaboration uh, in a much
0: more robust way. So. Um We all have uh, a few more things to do here before the meeting is over. Let me just ask ask you one last question. I'd like to get everybody's opinion on this because I I think it's something that, in the years I've been coming to um, the HFMA meetings, and and probably you all have even more under your belt than I do, I'm sure. Um, When does fee-for-service die? I mean, every year we come and we hear about value-based payments, we hear about bundled payments, we hear hear about all kinds of things, but the reality is we're still, in many ways, living in a fee-for-service world.
2: Me, personally, I don't think it dies. I think it evolves and changes and becomes something named something different, but I think it will always be a part of healthcare. But that's just me.
1: I don't know if it will necessarily die, and I, to a certain extent, agree with Delisha, but I think... The real shift for us and I think subsequent uh, shift in the payment scheme is empowering the actual consumers of healthcare to really understand not only what it costs but also how these things get paid. I think if you asked the average consumer in the marketplace about what is their healthcare cost, they really wouldn't know. And transparency is coming along, price transparency is coming along, and and certainly our hospital clients realize that, they understand it, Um, and I think they've done about as well as they could to to provide that, that transparency, but ultimately, it's the consumer that will drive their behavior and their decisions. And I think once they really understand all of the costs that go into it and and how much is it going to cost me for this medication versus that medication or seeing this doctor at that modality versus another one, I think that's when you'll really start
0: to see a shift in the the landscape and the payment schemes. Um, Can consumers apply that pressure? I mean, who, where's that going to come from? Is that going to come from insurance companies and providers that are voluntarily going to start giving that up? Is that in their best interest? Or is it consumers that are going to end up putting the hammer down because their coinsurance is getting to be too much? Well, I, I think we see it, we're starting to see it now,
1: right, as high deductible plans are really taking hold. And, uh, you know, to a certain extent, consumers are on the hook for a large portion of their health care until they hit their deductible or, uh, or whatever their plan might call for. So they, they do have to make those decisions now, maybe not as, as uniformly as they might in the future and certainly not uh, not as consistent or more consistent now than we've seen in the past. Um, but they are starting to drive some of those decisions as th- they can choose to either go to a large academic medical center and receive a high-cost, high high-quality high treatment, or if they believe that their own health care is better served in a less expensive, lower
0: modality, they're going to make that decision, certainly. Laura, what are your thoughts on fee-for-service?
2: Well, I agree with Delicia and John, and I think it's going to take time for us to change to value-based payment, but I do think that the, really, that to sum it up, is that it's going to be good for facilities, it's going to be good for patients, and even for payers in the long run.
0: Great. Well, thank you all for taking a few minutes out of your busy schedule here at the conference. hope you enjoy the rest of it. And thank you very much for your insights today. Thank you. Thank you. This concludes today's episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help you protect and enhance revenue at your hospital, visit bestler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bestler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.